The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. This is the Spinoff Podcasting Corporation with an emergency edition of Gone by Lunchtime. I'm Toby Manho, that's Annabelle Lee Mather, that there's uh, Ben Thomas, and we're all, um, we're all in shock. We're all in shock. We're all, like, we're all white fence posts um, glaring uh, at the morning news, which is that 53 days after he rolled Simon Bridges as leader, and with 67 days to go until the election on September 19, Todd Muller... And only seconds after we've learned to pronounce his name correctly, Todd Muller has resigned as leader of the National Party, as leader of the opposition. And a statement arrived at 7.33 a.m. this morning um, as we were all on our um, on our exercycles. Mm. And there it was. We weren't expecting that, were we, Annabelle? We most certainly were not. It's unprecedented. Um not only is it unprecedented, it hasn't happened before, Ben. Unlike you guys, I'm not in shock. I'm just getting going. You, I'm like, I, this is, this you is, lie. This, You're this in is, shock. This is my fourth media appearance of the day. You're talking about Todd Muller. <laughs> I was woken up by my phone, which was a, a TVNZ producer saying, "Would you like to come on the show?" And I was like, Aah. and then they were like to discuss the Muller resignation. I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> um. Um, so, you know, now now I'm a seasoned pro. Now I've got my thoughts in order. I've had my, this is about my eighth cup of coffee. Mm. I've had, you know, I'm, I'm eating chickpeas. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, you'd, maybe I was wrong Things in saying you look, bad, people don't look like you're in shock. You look like you um, are probably about to, your eyes are about to pop clean out of your face. Yeah. Well, the first, uh, I think the first media thing I did, you know, commentating on Mullo was uh, Morning Report and I listened back to it for, you know, quality assurance purposes and I, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, I sound like Muller must feel. (laughs) You generally want a a bit more time to have a shower, get ready. Um, He was was to be giving – I was actually um, going to go and do some proper reporting today and go along to his speech that he was delivering at 1 p.m. to a business audience in Auckland. This was to be a speech about infrastructure. It was to be a chance. It was sort of the second time round. He gave that speech at the rugby club a while ago, but this was a – a chance to kind of get on the front foot again, you know, after 
falling badly behind because what did we have? We had um, a range of he had a range of setbacks and a range of things where he kind of people have compared him to David Shearer. You could sort of hear the brain wearing away in the background. It was a difficult time for him, but um, there was a something sort of there was something that was dimensionally different to the scandal around the leaking of private health information, which we learned. Um, I think it was on July the seventh or something that. Um, Michelle Bogue, former national president and, um, you know, proper shady operator of the party had leaked information to Hamish Walker, the Clutha Southland MP, about the private details of um, individuals, New Zealand citizens who were in uh, quarantine with COVID-19. The media had not reported those. However, um, an inquiry was called, Michael Heron QC, and then they fessed. They fessed. Hamish Walker had fed the information. It was became a, a kind of became a, a kind of a, a chaos of sorts that um, Woodhouse, Michael Woodhouse, the 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 health spokesman for National, um, had to admit that he too had received this information. Todd Muller was caught in a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, by 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 some accounts, we you know you can you can debate the 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 nuances of it, but essentially what happened, Annabelle, was that the TVNZ reporter asked him repeatedly whether or not Michael Woodhouse had received such information from Michelle Bogue. Muller said no. He said the word no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tried to kind of dance around it for a bit. It was difficult for him. I don't think that in any way he was kind of. I, I mean, I, I you know he just sort of wasn't very good at doing the. The, that political dance, um, and then, um, it, it, and then whatever the statement this morning said um, that he there were health issues, which we of course can't dismiss. I mean, that's that's awful. Um, it's been an awful fifty three days for him. Was that whole scandal, that leaking scandal, um, just did that just bring home? must have been incredibly stressful just how fucking hard that job is. Well, I think he's only been in Parliament since 2014, right? So I think he vastly underestimated how difficult the role is of leader. Hmm. And I don't think we should um, um, underestimate when they reference, um, you know, health concerns in his press release, how big a part of that it would have played in his decision. But frankly, to resign now in the middle of a scandal that hasn't been resolved, mm. um, when an inquiry is underway into the actions of his <laughs> uh, of his team and himself, um, is a is a, a really poor thing to do for his party. And we can't rule out, can we, Ben, that there is more to come. I mean, it isn't, as as Annabelle rightly says, the line has not been drawn under it. We don't know yet what Heron might find if he, tip, you know, looks under some other rocks. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, we've got two interpretations of Muller's statement. The first is that, you know, there is more to come. That there are there are bodies, you know, falling from the ceiling. That there are you know corpses rising from the swamp, um, and that he's trying to get in front of that and just get out cleanly. Um, you know, it's possible. I, there, there was nothing last week that I thought was a resignation worthy offence by any stretch. I, he didn't lie to TVNZ. He certainly wasn't forthcoming with the truth. Um, he was asked, "Did Michael Woodhouse receive the information that Hamish Walker leaked?" 
Woodhouse had assured him that it was different information. Now, Muller could have probably been a bit more curious and said, how do you know it's different information? Um, and then Woodhouse would have said, I talked to Bogue on the weekend and assured her that I wasn't the leak. And she said, I know you're not the leak because it's different information. Then you might be curious as to why Michelle Bogue knew that it was different information if she wasn't involved in the leak. So, I mean, you know, certainly a bit of naivety on display there. But, you know, Michael Woodhouse receiving leaked information and not using it is not actually the crime of the century. Politicians get leaks all the time. They've got to make a judgment as to whether they use it or not. Woodhouse, I think, was totally justified in thinking that if he closed off that door to Bogue, that she would not then go and retail it to some no-name junior backbencher in trouble in Southland. I think that's total bullshit. I think, A, that it's deeply disingenuous to say that Muller didn't purposely try to mislead the media when he was being questioned about how much, uh, whether or not Todd Woodhouse had had received the same information. It was essentially the same information. It was just a different list of names because the the case, the who, who's got COVID and who doesn't is changing all the time. Secondly, in terms of... Um, in terms of what Michael Woodhouse has done, it's incredibly serious. This is someone who wants to be the Minister of Health. The, the, the privacy of patients is absolutely sacrosanct. And if he was genuine um, and, and honourable, he would have um, told the Ministry of Health that that sort of information was being circulated at the very least. It kind of comes down, if nothing else, to just not being good enough at doing politics, isn't it? That's the kind of tragedy of it. I, I, I was flicking through my phone earlier and I was <clears throat> had a text from someone who was in the in the Simon Bridges team after that uh, debacle of a day, the first sitting day when they were, the cameras were allowed up and down the caucus corridor and, and um, <clears throat> Paul uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Goldsmith was identified as Ngati Pro. And there were various other kind of thick of it moments. And the text from this person said, it's obviously not as easy as they thought it would be. Mm. And it is just hard, mm. you know? And I remember, I remember also, um, watching that first interview that Todd Muller gave with Jack Tame on Q&A. And he had the difficulty of a slight lag in the feed from Wellington, but he was being asked about some sort of fairly straightforward fiscal things. And you could just, you could just see that thing, which did remind one of David Shearer of the different advisors and experts and pundits and friends and colleagues in the air saying, you've got to remember to do this. You've got to remember to keep your chin up. You've got to remember to get on the front foot. You've got to remember to say this, not to say that. And it just, some of us, aren't cut out for it. (laughs) Most of us aren't cut out for it. Somewhere in New Zealand right now, Simon Bridges is sitting on a rocky mountain outcrop, stroking a yak with a MAGA cap on, screaming the words of Babylon into the wind, I reckon. (laughs) Underneath a waterfall, frolicking with a baby yak. (laughs) Boom sounds coming out of his C64 keyboard. I reckon he's got got one of those little kind of baby's bottles he's feeding the yak. Probably got a little bit of bourbon in there. Yeah. Totally. It's just a theme. Yeah, look, this is a bit of a diversion from the National Party, um, you know, contratemp. But I I actually just want to go back to the leaking thing because I think it is (coughs) – I I think it's just worth discussing because sometimes these things get flattened in the sort of media discourse. 
as as you know, as you guys know in the media, and as I know from politics in the media, you know, leaks are the lifeblood of democracy. There's zero problem with getting a leak from somebody, and you don't usually get leaks from well motivated, well meaning people. You, you don't, like, right? People leak in order to get their own back on people, or in very rare instances where they actually see something that they feel could be improved in sort of the public sphere. Sometimes that information will be of the public interest. And if you're an MP, you can use it to hold the government to account if you're in the opposition. Um, a lot of the time, it'll be sort of marginal, and the vast bulk of the time, the tips that you get are just cranks or you know stuff that you shouldn't be seeing and that is of no, of no value to you, as was the case with the Boglings. You know, I saw some people saying, oh, he should have immediately reported this to the Ministry of Health. Well, I mean, it, no journalist would do that with their sources. They would say... We, you know, Radio New Zealand did he's not, not do that journalist. with their sources. No, but he, he's the wannabe minister of health. No, he's a, he's a politician, <laughs> and his job is to hold the government to account. And you have similar kind of practices with sources uh, as a politician that you do with the media. There's no absolute source protection in media. If somebody came to you and said, "I murdered somebody," um, you know, <laughs> you know, but keep it off the record. You wouldn't do that, right? You'd call the police. Same with Michael Woodhouse. But then there's a lot of grey areas in between where you say, well, I don't want this information. It would be totally inappropriate. I can't use it. But I, I know that you're you're hooked into this information flow and I would like to get anything that is germane to holding the government to account anywhere they have fucked up. And so you, you don't turn in your sources. You know, I, th- I think it's very naive of people who thought that Michael Woodhouse himself should have whistleblown on Michelle Bogue. Um, you know, the fault was Michelle Bogue betrayed her professional confidences, right, very clearly and egregiously. Now, we rely on people to do that in order to get leaks sometimes. You, you can't, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there's conflicts and there's conflicts, right? And Michelle yeah. Boke herself has, I mean, I thought it was quite an interesting release, that the, the, the last one that she put out when she I resigned, where she basically, what were the words? Can you remember those? It was uh, basically that um, she that realized she had that formed it a become, toxic relationship yeah. with politics. And, so I think it was really candid, actually, and, and, and insightful. And, 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 and she, very she had Do lost, you? she yeah. had, she had, she had, well, she had, well, I, mean, I think it was like one of those Louis C.K. Me Too kind well, of apologies <laughs> where you, well, where you, well, immediate, think, where you immediately true. shoehorn your own failings and your own misconduct and public opprobrium into a personal redemption arc narrative. Maybe. No, and it, and I, it only becomes she, relevant as she, far I as your own moral that, unhealthy I agree, relationship. I agree you know? that the apology was absolutely lackluster, but I think there is truth in what she said about developing a, a toxic relationship with tribal New Zealand politics. And, and for, for a relatively young first-term MP like Hamish Walker, who... Um, you know, hasn't been through all of those different episodes of politics over time. He got presumably overexcited. He, why did he leak? Who knows? Well, I mean, it turns out to try and vindicate his um, <laughs> ostensibly racist claims. <laughs> so let's not defend him too hard. But, you know, I mean, basically. And the defense was, a, look at the funny names on this list. It seems that way. <laughs> ben, I just want to go back to what you said before. I totally disagree that the privileged journalists offer their sources in terms of keeping their names co- um, confidential is the same of that as politicians. Um, this was a public interest issue in that COVID is the single biggest threat to, to our country. And um, and so I absolutely think he had a responsibility at the very least to report it. But also, if I mean, it wasn't like he'd asked her for that information, so he owed her no favours. There'd been no agreement. And, sec- and moreover, I think that um, if it was such meaningless information, 
and not a big deal. Why go and delete it once the inquiry's been announced? That's essentially the destruction of evidence. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see. Presumably those emails haven't been deleted from Michelle Bogue's outbox, nor, you know, if there were any replies, which we're told there aren't, we'd see them. I'll tell you one thing that hasn't come up very much in this, which is in terms of the politics of it, someone who's played the politics extremely well is Chris Hipkins and the government, mm-hmm. who called in quite quick time, called for a pretty high-level inquiry into this leak, which at the time struck many of us as, gosh, that's kind of interesting because it's the kind of thing you might just want to, given it ostensibly is kind of embarrassing for the government mm. and for uh, health officials, maybe you'd be preferring just to move on rather quickly. So whether or not they had... <laughs> an inkling. Whether or not they had, yes, an inkling, a hunch, a tip, mm-hmm. but certainly it ended up with an, a, a, a huge moral high ground and it and, and it was devastating as we've seen. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, presumably we can join the dots to where we are today. And where we are today is facing the very real prospect of having within the space of, I guess, within the space of eight weeks or so, three different national party leaders. Mm. Um, which is it's so Labour two thousand and two thousand and thirteen. Except, except you know, as as is typical, you know, Labour Labour innovate and national manage and national like we'll take the idea of musical chairs with leaders, but we'll do it faster. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it more efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 of course, um, in terms of three that, three leaders in three years, we could that, beat that. <laughs> like, that. The deja vu of it. Of course, if you know, yes, we're very close to an election, but let's not forget Jacinda Ardern came into power into, into the leadership seven weeks. You know, mm-hmm. we know it's the toughest job in politics, blah, blah, blah. So, the, you know, obviously the secret is not to do it for very fucking long at all <laughs> before, before becoming prime minister. But, but, but I mean, the difference, of course, is that this is, this is, this is the, the, the this is a sort of different level of disaster. Mm. Also, the, Heir apparent, if there is one, the, yeah. the deputy was obvious. Was part? No, no, no. Yes, no, no. It was, Just, but I mean, this time round, the yeah, deputy yeah, was yeah. part of the mm. campaign to roll the person beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, do you think is Nikki? So, I'll, I should say when, when, where we are in terms of the history of time in the world. It's now half past ten. On Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, so this morning, I'm just ge- I'm just gearing up for the afternoon. Um, ben is gearing up for the afternoon in a very real sense. Um, <laughs> the 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 National Party Caucus met this morning mm-hmm. via teleconference, um, and no doubt Jerry was told many times, "You're on mute, Jerry. You're on mute." <laughs> we can only assume that. And then this evening, they are all descending. Um, like a flock of seagulls upon the beehive in Wellington, or at least in Parliament in Wellington, where they will um, have an emergency caucus meeting. Um, and one assumes have a vote. I mean, I think they, you know, I think there's, it's been it's been suggested that they want to get a new leader within 24 hours, so they probably won't piss around, and I expect they'll have a vote. And who will they choose, Annabelle? Tell us exclusively <laughs> who is going to emerge as the new leader of the National Party. Well, I'm guessing it won't be Michael Woodhouse for a start. Mm. Um, I don't know. And I have to, I mean, no one obvious springs to mind, do they? Um, and I don't get the impression that that um, Nikki Kay particularly wants wants to be leader. And I'm mm. not sure that she, she would be the right fit for that role. 
Um, but it's a little bit curious to me that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of speculation about Judith, but we know about the ABCs. Um, but th- they may have no choice but to vote her. I guess the question will be whether or not she wants to. I do question why you would have the vote in such a short amount of time before people are really able to do some soul searching and perha- perhaps have some health checks before they um, apply for that position. Put them just, for- just to check forward. whether they are cake. <laughs> yeah. oh, there, there you go. We're, re- we're relevant in youth culture. <laughs> anyway... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, also Nikki Kay's the interim leader appointed over the teleconference. Mm-hmm. Um, I would offer odds of about 50,000 to one that Nikki will be let anywhere near the leadership after the last mm. eight weeks. Really? <laughs> Interesting. I, um, I, I feel that um, perhaps she has – maybe she could she get another few years on her belt in senior positions. Mm. Um, mm. Do you think she'll get rolled as deputy, Ben? Uh, I think it depends who the leader is. Mm. Um, I think there's two clear candidates for leader. Um, the first is Simon Bridges. Oh, of course. The, the prodigal son. SB. The, the cap- yakety the, yak. The, the capital gains yaks. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, all, we all love a redemption story. Um, and Simon Bridges has been was cast out into the wilderness. He's mm. wandered for a thousand years, mm-hmm. but with yaks, so it's been fine. Mm. Um, he has, I think, certainly with the media, as a result of you know using social media for its proper purpose, which is to look hot and make your ex jealous. He's been living his best life online. Mm. Um, mm. I, th- you know, that that has, I think, softened his, um, softened his. Hey team, sorry to interrupt. It's producer T here, just wanting to tell you about the spin-off members. A new, well, not really new, but an initiative to help us fund all the journalism that you want to know. You can email us, tell us what you want to see, anything you want. Visit thespinoff.co.nz forward slash members. And while you're here, just just listen to one of our other podcasts. Do it. I'm telling you, it's a great time. Okay, bye. Image, edit this image, thing out. Yeah, image, uh, yeah it's, 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 it's softened his image, um, mm. probably removed some of the harder edges, you know, a bit of the, you know, as a cliche, the real Simon Bridges coming through. Mm. Certainly it seemed a bit more likable on social media. Um, and he might point to that. He would point to the fact that they were on 45% in uh, January, that before COVID they were, you know, knife edge to win the election with the help of ACT. He would point to the fact that he has a a machine essentially that could go right back in. They can rehire Rachel Morden as the press secretary. They can rehire Jamie Gray as the chief of staff. Um, and they can rehire Paula Bennett as the deputy leader. And yeah, and it's like, oh, it was a, a, a two month, you know, we've awoken from a strange dream mm. and now we're back into the campaign. So that would be his that would be his argument. I mean and, and don't and, and don't undersell it. And he is reputed to have lost by one or two votes. To, that, to that's Mueller right. It, it certainly wasn't a, a landslide. Mueller mania came much later in the piece. And the and with, with Judith Collins, for instance, her pitch is just that she is the best performing national MP in opposition. She was one of the best performing ministers over a very long period in the key government. Um, she has a very high profile. She she has she has considerable uh, you know disfavorable ratings, mm. but not probably not as bad as Bridges. Um, and she's very appealing to parts of the National Party. Do you base. think Simon will want it though? Because I mean, like obviously he wants it, but do you think he'll want it right now or do you think that he'll be perhaps considering that it might be better 
to let National get the hiding that it's probably going to get in the election and then come back, like rise like a phoenix from the ashes and, and take it over then with a new three-year cycle to start? Or do you reckon he'll be keen to jump back in? With Bridges, you would have a sense of slightly interrupted continuity. Uh, mm. With Collins, you would again have the sort of Hail Mary, try you know, roll the dice shortly before the election. I, I think Bridges would probably be the person who is keenest to do it. I think in terms of um, you know letting National you know take the L in the election and then jumping in, I think that that seems to be what Judith Collins has in mind. She was not prominent during the challenge to Bridges. Um, and was very sort of careful to say that she was just voting. Mm. So I, I personally don't think that this would be the time that she would choose. I think Bridges, you know, he would th- he would say rightly, you know, has a bit of a sense of aggrievement that he was dumped. Yeah, um, and he's been open. I mean, he, he's been he, very he's, open. He he, yeah. uh, he he actually said that to us when um, we did that piece on the the, the big the big the big yak story. Um, he. He was. He sort of said he still had things to do. He's, you know, he he pretty implied pretty clearly he was aggrieved still, and that he was still ambitious. You know, so it's. I don't. I, I think he'd want it. Um. I don't know if I. I mean, I think that's a, the idea that you can just say we had this kind of crazy bender with um, Todd Muller and then we're back to normal. I don't know if it's quite as simple. Like as a that. one there night are, stand. There are a lot of people who've been <clears> moved <throat> around both in staff and also in terms of the 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 um uh, you know the shadow cabinet. For want of a better word, so um, Collins. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I feel like. Well, actually, that's an interesting point you raise in terms of the staffing. <clears throat> National has a lot of parliamentary funding because it's the biggest party in Parliament. But look, they will have burned through a lot of cash with um, payouts to former staffers, hiring new staffers. They'll have payouts to the old staffers <coughs> if the new leadership doesn't want to take them. That's going to have some impact on their ability to recruit for the election. Um, you know, th- these are sorts of things that you don't hear about much yeah. in terms of yeah. um, you know media coverage and the public face. But you know, this will present problems in terms and, of signing people up. And billboards are printed. Ads <laughs> will have been made. Um, they're not going to be fundraising very. Cheerfully at the moment. I mean, you know, it really is an, a, 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 a shitty, shitty state that they find themselves in. I mean, the and, other the, and the other thing is, look, I, I, you know, I think my sense is that Mueller is a pretty good and decent person. Yeah, but you know, I think the issue has been. First of all, you know, some lapses in judgment and second of all, an ability to handle the pressure. And you see that mostly in the timing of this, which is yesterday, the serious fraud office announced that it was investigating the Labour Party. <laughs> so Jacinda's party, Jacinda Ardern's party is now being investigated by the serious fraud office. And, you know, that was in the news for about an hour yeah. until we all went to sleep. And then National yeah. blow it out of the water with Muller's resignation. Yeah, well, and so, they did it. They I mean, did it. You remember the day when there was the, 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 the young man who decided to go to Countdown to buy some, um, some body lotion and disappeared for 40 minutes and all that mm. sort of stuff. And there was this, it was this incredible sign of more breach <laughs> in terms of the border provisions and there was no National Party person who was put up on Checkpoint or on ZB to speak about it because they were busy dealing with. So it's again, that's the, yeah. this kind of self-destructive thing in terms of the how you do opposition, but just don't do so much. Whereas Jacinda Ardern's been on holiday for a week. <laughs> you know, that's the way to do it. Stand back. Mm. Um, 
So the, uh, now, in terms of staffing, where, where the, 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 the benefits, sorry, the benefits that uh, Bridges and Collins both have in terms of staffing is that they have loyalists. Bridges has loyalists who, some of whom are still there, yep. some of whom have only been out of the jobs for you know about a month, um, and who could slot back in very easily. Collins has her own cadre of people. She was she was a very assiduous office builder when she was a minister. She's got a lot of people who would basically you know really flock back uh, to create a Judith Collins office. The question with Collins would be that the, the National Party has shown that it, it can't be trusted to fall in unified behind a new leader. Um, you know, the the Walker uh, contra temp was a good example of that. Uh, Woodhouse not being f- not fully disclosing to Muller was another example. Um, you know, I understand that various MPs were going off and doing media appearances without getting permission from the leader. And, y- you know, if they're not if if they're not going to be rational and present a united front for a campaign, you probably wouldn't put in somebody who's very polarizing in caucus, um, which would be Collins. But if not now, mm-hmm. when? I mean, you say hail Mary, and you know the Jacinda Ardern thing was a hail Mary. Um, Judith Collins has proved herself to be an extremely effective politician over a long time, and you can't say that she is. I mean, she built a reputation as being someone who was not necessarily the most loyal, but lately she's been really loyal. You know, both to Bridges and to Muller. Her book was much less of a uh, much less of a pitch for the leadership than was expected by many but the last chapter in that book is very much laying out a kind of manifesto for leadership um, uh, what's what's that what's Ben's showing me a message do you want to do you want to read that out because I don't know whether it's this is well this is a tweet from Jason walls uh, the word from the Herald mm-hmm. he's quoting an order young column the words mental health have not been used but Muller has had a breakdown to the extent that he was unable to even make the emergency teleconference caucus call this morning to tender his resignation oh well that's that's really sad Bad news. So let's so, take back know, all our jokes. Um, so, so you know, um, it is. It, we talked to them in the last podcast a bit about the toll that politics can mm-hmm. take, and about the um, extent to which we need to sometimes be very careful about not um, uh, taking too lightly the genuine mm-hmm. um, impact it can have on people involved in it. So, we send all our best to Todd Muller and family on that front. Yeah, um, okay. The the so 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 I I, th- I think Collins has I think Collins has a shot honestly I think I think uh, you know uh, it, it, I think if she can win over the caucus by saying give me one shot you know like much like in um, the musical Hamilton um, uh, if anyone has seen that there is a there is that song called One Shot which sounds a bit like that Eminem song but anyway let's not let's not get into that um, I think I think it's it's whatever it is, nine weeks to the election. If it doesn't work out, it can't get worse, right? Like that would be the argument. Like when you wake up from a dream, but then you're still dreaming. And then, and then you wake dream. up again. Yeah, it's a room inside a room <laughs> inside a room. You know, <clears throat> so, so, so for example, if you were – because there are other people, right? The other – there's like someone else that is – has shown leadership ambitions as Mark Mitchell. No, who? No, um, who? If you were no, well, just wait. If you if you were Mark Mitchell, I think you might think not now, but I wouldn't mind Judith to take it from here, and then you know, if you if you had ambitions yeah. further down the line, that is. Yeah, know? no, look, I think that's reasonable, um, and that might be their thinking. I think that after the first time that you. As a political party, you probably get one opportunity to introduce somebody that no one in the public has ever heard of 
uh, and introduce this completely anonymous <laughs> stranger and say, this is our next prime minister. Yeah. He's yeah. got the goods. Yeah. And then after he flames out in two months, you, you really lose the license to produce another completely unknown person who may or may not be a member of parliament, who knows, and say, this time we're serious. Mm. It's Mark Mitchell. Mm. Um, other, other, other outside chances would be like a, a proper caretaker, like Jerry Brownlee. You know, Jerry's going to do it. Um, he's just going to, he's just going to hold the line. He's going to do the furniture saving job. Um, that wasn't meant to be a carpentry joke. I meant <laughs> saving the furniture. Um, the, uh, the Mike Moore thing. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one, right? It's a, it's a, it's a very tricky one. I, I think, I think you, I don't, I don't, I think you dismiss Nikki Kay too quickly, Ben. I think there is an opportunity that they say, well, this is the continuity candidate. Absolutely but, not. Absolutely not. I agree with Ben. Okay. I don't think. Well, then, 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 then you think, you think Simon too. You're in the yak, team yak. I, I think, I mean, I don't know if, although I think he has done a good job of reinventing himself on social media and everyone's cheering him on, hmm. I don't know if New Zealand has quite forgotten why they got Hoha with with Simon in the first place. But I think, yeah, uh, uh, of everyone, it seems Simon and Judith would have to be the, the, the front runners. Simon Bridges was on 5% preferred prime minister in the last his last poll as leader. You know, that's... Oh, he had, look, he had very significant weaknesses. He's still got them. Um, but this, he's this, got a baby yak, and that is a game changer. I mean, if the, if the yak is deputy leader, he's in with a shot. <laughs> the billboards, but, what if the billboards are just um, the yak with whoever the local candidate is? Like, I love yeah. that. Just, just gr- gr- make it the yak. Great Bring team, national better yak. economy, more yak. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yak Yaking. to the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yak to the future. <laughs> Yaking New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, look, as I, I think... Yak national. I, I think I said the same during the Todd Muller challenge which is that I think Judith Collins would be the best candidate to lead National into the election. Um, we know you love Auntie Judith. That's cool. We she, she, she's the, she's Look, she's she's just without question the strongest performer that they mm. have. You know, that's I mean, that's basically a political fact. Mm. Um, whether the National Party will and – and as you said earlier, at some point they have to make her leader – you know, just like with David Cunliffe before, um, it's you know. Here's the most compelling case for Judith Collins. Who in the National Party would put a chill up the spine of Labour the most? Who would they most be scared of? Absolutely, Judith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, Judith Collins is the only person in the National Caucus mm-hmm. who could foot it one on one with Jacinda Ardern in a presidential style campaign in the debates, um, and. You know, she she still has baggage in caucus, and and who knows which way they'll go if if they're going for, you know, a known quantity. Um, but then again, you know, Bridges might say, "Well, we were here again. We were here two months ago. A known quantity versus rolling the dice. You rolled the dice, and look what happened." Mm-hmm. Um, if if National have have given up and decided that look, we're not going to win. We need to just maintain the base. Bridges might be able to argue that that he's the guy to do it. I mean, Judith Collins could certainly do it. Um, but, yeah. Well, there we are. It'll be interesting to see. Bell, is anything to add to that? Oh, I, I think Ben's right in terms of a matchup with, um, with Jacinda mm. Ardern that looks um, fair and not lopsided. Mm. Um, 
and, and can, you know, challenge her, then you'd, I think ha- you'd have to say Judith. It's the only <clears throat> name that would make the Labour campaign team go, okay, all right, we're going to have to have mm. another think about how we go about this. And that alone is enough to maybe get her over the line. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. There's been huge antipathy with it and reticence in the National Caucus to recognise that Judith Collins would be a good performer. She hasn't come performer. close to having the numbers. And let's no. bear one more thing in mind, which no doubt played into Muller's uh, successful election as leader, which is that for a lot of the people making the decision, it's not necessarily how National Party will be at the election in 2023 or whenever. It's about whether or not the result this time is good enough to allow them to A, retain their constituency seat or B, get enough of the party vote so that their place on the list um, is there. So it, it's it's not quite a matter of sitting down and going, who do we think is a kind of a kind of high risk strategy is not necessarily one that enough of them will be keen on. No, that's right. Um, you know, who, who knows whether this refocuses their minds Um I mean, the, the the only thing we know for sure is that it's not going to be some. It's it has to be a leader they can use right out of the box. You know, one one thing that Simon Bridges has done is you know he's proved that he's you know in fighting for his job he proved he was a lot tougher than any of us sort of really knew. Hmm. And you know, and and you see it now. You know, he's he's a guy who's obviously got some resiliency. Judith Collins has tremendous resilience. Um, and it can't, you know, you can't take a punt on somebody that you haven't seen front Q and A, that you haven't seen front stand ups with thirty members of the gallery before. Um, so it it has to be Collins or Bridges, or or Nikki K. Um, uh, thanks well, yeah, no. everyone for um, uh, entertaining <laughs> us today. Thank you very much, Tina Tiller. Um, uh, we love you. We love everyone listening to this podcast. Are we not talking about the other stuff? Now? What other stuff? other stuff you said we were going to talk We about. keep meaning to talk about the bad boys of Brexit. I just yeah. feel like this is overwhelms everything else, doesn't it? Do people want to hear it? Do you want, do you want to? It sort of feels like now well, they're just going to flick off. They're, they're already that, flicked they're off gone. now. Okay, no. Bye. Um, See everyone. What? Oh, tell your friends to like and subscribe and become a spin-off member. Oh, and Flick Electric is the sponsor of this podcast. Um, uh, we love them even more than we uh, love the average listener or t- Tina. The one thing mm. the National Party Caucus will be thinking about is how to keep the lights on. They should call Flick Electric. <laughs> and play jingle. <laughs>